from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen, this that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system. This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights. This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite. Weekly battles, rating shattered, this a revolution. This is change to what the game is used to doing. This is all about that dark and light contrast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined here with G-Rock. Before we start the show, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review. Also, hit us up on Instagram. Follow us at Fight for Wednesday Night. For the number, not F-O-R. So, this episode, we're going to go over the AEW Homecoming event. And we're going to do NXT Free Talk. But before we jump into that, just want to let you guys know... As we told you in the previous podcast, there were going to be some changes in this upcoming year, and we're switching the podcast date to Fridays now. Mm-hmm. So instead of Tuesdays, they're going to be released on Friday mornings. We want to bring our reviews of this week's show as soon as possible and not make you wait until the next week to hear what we thought about this week's show. So speaking about waiting, let's jump right into the AEW Homecoming event, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, I really think that it was very beneficial to AEW to have that week off because it made you really want to see them by the time they came back. It had a pay-per-view type vibe before even going into the show. I felt very excited just to see the show. And when they started the show, it had a really cool opening package, something that was different, not just go right into a match like they usually do. And then after the cool opening package, which we saw is the elite like crumbling, are they fading away, we had a great match between Cody and Darby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I love that opening match. I mean, we say it every time on this podcast. AEW is is good for their opening matches, and this one didn't disappoint either. Uh, I think more and more, we're starting to see a star in Darby Allin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like the, I like the way it ended. I like the incorporation with Arn Anderson. Uh, you know, he was announced as Cody's you know manager moving forward. Now, I don't know how far this is going to go. Because if you know the past, you know, with the Four Horsemen and the Horsemen and the Rhodes family, yeah. I got to believe there's something to it. So I wasn't sure about this, but right off the bat, at least they incorporated him into the finish. He tells Cody to put his knees up. I like it. I thought it was great. Yeah, they meshed really well for a manager and I guess their, uh, whatever, their, whoever. They really meshed well as a team. I, think I guess that, manager and pupil, I suppose. Yeah, I couldn't even think of the word. 
it was like they were doing this for a while, even though this is the first time that they actually did it. And it really went well. But Darby really looked crazy in this match. The stuff that he was pulling out, and he got a lot of offense in on Cody. Yeah, I mean, first off, that that coffin drop onto the corner of the ring, like, that's just insane. I, I feel I feel his pain every time he goes for that move and he misses it, especially when it's on, like, that ring apron. Holy shit, man. That kid, I feel like he's going to break his back one day. He didn't miss it, though. This week, he, this time he didn't miss it. The last time against Cody, he missed it. Yeah, the last time, the last yeah, time, this, this time, time he, he actually hit it. Hit it. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, this time he actually hit it, which was which was was crazy. First off, it was so dope. Uh, but yeah, I think we're starting to really see a, a star being broken out. Though. Yeah, I like the whole vibe of uh, Darby's entrances with his whole like video package beforehand. Like he has like this freak dude walking around, and then like he's skateboarding with Cody's face. Oh and yeah, he burns yeah, the yeah. Mask. It, yeah, it was really yeah. cool. Like he has. A whole package to him is not just a good wrestler with a gimmick. He has a whole aura around him, which is very different. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said I, he hasn't had much time on the mic or promos or vignettes, but I feel like with him, he doesn't even need that, you know? Yeah. Even if it's something short and sweet, or even if, you know, you really don't put the, the mic in his hands at all, his character speaks for itself. So he doesn't need to really say much. And I think that he's one of the more complete characters that they have on that roster. Definitely. So, let's keep on going here. We had an amazing four-way women's match. And to be honest, this is probably the best women's match that we've seen in AEW. And I know I've said that in the past before. But tell me what match have you seen in AEW with the women that was better than this match? Yeah, that, that, that's hard to argue with. I, I definitely think this was probably their best match, without yeah. a doubt. Uh, it was a little intriguing to me because I, I assumed that Rio may have the title taken off of her. I mean, you have four women who are very capable of being champion. Uh, and she still pulls off the victory. Now, I know originally the match that was scheduled was supposed to be her versus uh, Statlander, Statlander yeah. and that got pushed to this week because of you know conflict with scheduling for Statlander. So I'm starting to think that on this upcoming episode, on this Wednesday, that Statlander may actually beat Rio for the title. I feel like Rio wins because maybe the plan is for Statlander to take it off of her. Yeah, but at the end of the four-way match, we had Nia Nyla. Nyla Rose attack Rio, put her through a table, so now the story going into her versus Statlander is Rio's not 100%. Do we really need Rio to be less than 100% to be like defeated by Statlander? I think that they're trying to make Rio still look strong, I guess. But I don't know. She, I don't think she looks strong to begin with. I didn't necessarily look at that as maybe them trying to weaken Rio for that match. Or the I, I look at that as, oh, now Rio has an excuse to lose the belt. No, In my personal opinion, I feel like real if she loses the, the title maybe you're right maybe they they use that as an excuse but i think it leads into a feud with nyla rose and i think that's to finally put some shine on, on nyla uh but i don't th- i don't necessarily think that the the purpose behind that was to give Stat- satlander an excuse for winning if she assuming that she wins right assuming that she wins i don't think that was to make you know rio seem like she's hurt and that's why she loses i think that was supposed to kind of segue off into a Nyla Rio kind of Well, I mean, I guess we'll see. If this week the story of the match is she's battling with injuries that she has from last week, if on commentary they're saying, "Oh, well, she's not 100% because of the attack last week," then the story will be, "Oh, Statlander needed to beat her at less than 100%." You know what? I'll also say this. I was just thinking about it. We could be completely off. What if Statlander doesn't win and this is a way for them to push their champion? I mean, she's been off TV for a little while. So, bring her back, make her look strong, win a fatal four-way. Then Nyla puts her through a table, 
So she has an excuse to be weak, but yet she still comes out on top against Chris Statlander, somebody who's much bigger than her. I mean, this can go either way. I mean, yeah, I could see that happening too, but with all due respect to Rio, I don't think that she is a good choice for champion right now anyway. So I a thousand percent agree. The last thing I want is for her to look like Superman when... I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's a wild card, so I don't know the way of their booking and their mindset. But, I mean, as of right now, she's still the champion, and she's got this next uh, upcoming match against Chris Statlander, and I want to see how far they're going to run with her, if that's the case. Because I agree with you. I don't think she's probably the best woman on their roster to put the title on, but... Even though she did look really good this week. Yeah, she did. She did. I think she had one of her better performances. But at the same time, I think that match was great because of, you know, all all four women. It was a collective, you know, it wasn't just on her merit. I agree. And I also don't know where they're going with Britt Baker here because, all right, this is once again what we talked about in the past with AEW doing too much, like, separate sub-stories and, like, trying to focus on main story and sub-stories. There's, like, two sub-stories here outside of the main story here. The main story should be Rio versus Statlander next week. Yeah. Sub story one is Nyla attacks Rio. Sub story two is Britt Baker then gets mad at Rio that, oh, I'm here every week and you don't have time to come and you're the champion and I have a dental practice and I still come. Yeah. Like, all right, so you have two girls who are starting feuds with Rio while Rio also has a big title shot next week. You know, it, kind of, it they kind of given her like the Cody treatment. Yeah. It's weird, like, everybody wants to, you know, go after Cody. Everybody blames Cody for something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I see exactly what you're talking about. It, it, I don't know if that's their way of building people, of showing that they have value, that everybody is after them, they have a target on their back. I mean, in real uh, circumstance, I can understand that because she's champion. I mean, you know, Cody, he's not the champion, so... Yeah, but Cody, Cody is, like, well-known... Well, no, I understand. Well-known I, I get that. Of the I get that. I get, trust me, trust me. I I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying, with real situation, you know, she is the champion, so I can understand people, you know, coming after. You know, she has a target on her back. But like you said, it is a little much, though. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Like you know, watching WWE, we sort of see their format. You know what I mean? With with and uh, with uh, AEW. They kind of change things up. They and it's still early that we don't know what their format is, you know. And I'm yeah. I'm still I'm always trying to figure it out, trying to see patterns and whatnot. And uh, I will say they do keep me guessing because I don't know where they're going. Well, talk about big target on someone's back. There's a giant target on the elite's back, and I think that the Dark Order showed that two weeks ago when they destroyed the elite in the ring. Now, they had a good promo here. Well, Evil Uno was talking about the. The chosen one or the, what was this word? The exalted one yeah, or something. something. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember specifically. Now, I have a prediction here. I'm going to drop a bomb. I wish Funk Flex was here to just. <laughs> that might sound like a fart. When we this out. <laughs> I don't know so how that's going to translate. That was supposed to be a bomb. People. That was supposed to be a bomb sound, guys. <laughs> so. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. People who know the elite's past outside of all elite wrestling and they watch being the elite, they do know the story that Marty Skrull was kind of like left behind in Ring of Honor while the rest of the elite created AEW and moved on without him. Even though before All Elite Wrestling, they all made a pact to all stick together no matter what. We're going to move as a team, as a faction, as a family. Yeah. What happened? Marty's not there. Marty's contract was not up yet while everyone else is up and they moved on without him. Now, I think that it was Marty Skrull who was behind the attacks of the Elite using the Dark Order as his pawns because he wants revenge. He, he has like funny skits. He has a shirt that says... All my friends are dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a skit a while ago where he was trying to uh, get Joey Janela to join Villain Enterprise in Ring of Honor. And he said, dude, I, I work for AEW. And he was like, what the hell is AEW? Yeah, yeah, so like, he that. already shows signs that like he's not Don't on board shots. with the Elite anymore. Yeah. I'm not Elite. So I really think that it would be very interesting if Marty Skrull comes into the company. If he comes into the company. That I'm not like yeah, saying yeah. that, oh, we already know he got signed or anything. If he comes into the company as the leader of the Dark Order, or as a leader of a faction that's going to attack the Elite. I think that would be brilliant. If that is the case, that would be fucking amazing. Because like that's how you bring somebody in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You already have ideas, you already have a story for them, and it all kind of ties in. He's well known. It's going to get oh, yeah. a monster oh, pop yeah. when it's oh, revealed. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And you know, I, think that would, I think that would be awesome. I think and that would... let me ask you this. Forget... Alright, let's take a second and think... People within the company, if it's not Marty Skrull, who fits the chosen one for the Dark Order? To be well, honest, I don't think anybody fits that role. Yeah, it's so it's weird because at the same time we have this uh, break off with Hangman Page, right? It's very it's getting really evident. Yeah, they're pushing more and more to making it obvious that he's truly breaking away. I mean, I can't see him. In I that can't role. see him in that role either. That's what I'm. I, that's what I was trying to get to. Is that it would make sense. But I just can't see him in that role. I, I yeah. kind of just see him kind of as this cowboy renegade. I'm doing Loner, my own thing. Outlaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? And I could see him being a really good heel. Uh, but I can't see him fitting that bill, though. And with what you're saying about Marty Squirrel, it fits perfectly. Because yeah. it still has that, that Darker, darkness. It's almost character. like the, the villain enterprise yeah. continuation. Uh, he does have a gripe against the elite. This would make... Perfect sense. Absolute perfect sense. And so if if that does happen in, you know, a month or a couple of weeks from now, that would be fucking phenomenal. And I think that would be a, a big shot in the arm for, for AEW. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something that brings them towards more 
positive feedback online because everybody right now, the talk of the town is Marty. Where's Marty going? He's the number one free agent. And if AEW could land him, I think it would be huge. But I also think it's funny how the Dark Order is not in charge of the Dark Order. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it, it's funny. It's funny yeah. that we get... Join the know, Dark this... Order, but the Dark Order is not the ones that you're joining. You're well, joining like this bigger like enterprise. Well, I, I don't know about that because it, even even so, it's it, it's still going by the Dark Order. And yeah. we don't know. Even if Marty comes in, it's probably not going to be called Villain Enterprise. You know, he's going to yeah. stick with Dark Order. I don't even know if he owns that. It might be owned by Ring of Honor. Uh, I don't know. But they may want to go a different direction. They already yeah. established his Dark Order. And, you know, it just seems like that's the name of the cult altogether. And to be honest, if Marty is coming in, he does have a darker character. Even though it's not, like, so dark, he still puts humor into it. Yeah. But he does have a darker character. And I would like to see him involved in one of these darker, like, entities instead of being yet another dark yeah. entity on yeah. the show. Yeah, we were mentioning that, I think, in yeah. the last uh, podcast, we, the AW Free Yeah, Talk. we don't need the Dark Order, the Villain Enterprise... The Nightmare Collective, Darby the, Allen, Darby Allen, the Butcher, the Blade, Blade yeah. Jimmy Havoc is a bit of a Dark Order. I mean, not Dark Order, a <laughs> dark, dark character. character. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Havoc might be the one running the Dark Order. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be crazy. I can't see it though. I can't see it. But no, I think he's kind of haunted from masks after Excalibur. But <laughs> you yeah, don't let that down. Yeah. <laughs> and they're cool now. I heard they're cool, but it's still I think, it's still a funny story. I, I definitely think the story is 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 intriguing though and i personally would love if it was marty but if not then i'm super curious as to yeah. who is this person it might be vince mcmahon <laughs> it might be the new higher power but i do agree that it would be a little weird if it is hangman even though the idea of hangman having a team against the elite and him breaking off with the elite would make sense he just doesn't seem like that character, unless they do a full reboot of his character, which I don't think. No, I don't think. I, I don't see because it. he plays that cowboy character yeah. too well. Yeah, yeah. And, speaking, and, and, and the crowd is behind him. Yeah, and speaking of Hangman, he was on commentary during the Elite's match in the main event, which was a phenomenal match. But when it came to talking about the Elite, he seemed a little more like, I guess, like taking a step back. He seemed more to himself. He didn't want to comment on some of the questions that Taz, who, by the way, was on the show. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, want to bring that up. had great chemistry with JR and Excalibur. Yeah, he did, a, he did a great job, Taz. Yeah, when it came to them asking him questions about the Elite, he wasn't really answering. Yeah. He was very vague in general. Yeah, he, he definitely showed that there's a disconnect. Yeah. That was without a doubt. He definitely showed there was a disconnect. He was mostly quiet on, on commentary, but when they did ask him, he kind of shied away from things and... and I don't know. He also, I felt like at one point they even said something about them being like the best or, or something like that. Or, and he felt offended. He was like, oh, thanks, JR. Like, oh, JR said, no one I like to see more in the ring than yeah. Omega in the books. Yes, yeah. And yes, he was yes. like, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I thought that, I thought that was interesting. Instead of like, that's your boys. Like, hey, me too. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that showed that there is a divide, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was very evident the way the show ended when Cody even comes out and uh, I think Dustin came out also and they were inviting him to come into the ring also to celebrate with the rest of the elite and Hangman just like put his glass up like, yeah, cool guys, I'm out. Yeah. And they're like, why not? Like, why are you not coming to the ring? Come in. And I think that was very different to close the show like that because it did seem like there was more to that story and it keeps you intrigued for next week. So real quickly, I want to switch gears here for a second and I don't want to overlook the MJF promo, because I think that held a lot of value to this show. One being that MJF is cutting a promo and he's fucking phenomenal at it. Mm-hmm. He's great. He does his crowd work. He's a phenomenal heel. He, he, he slowly got into the rotation of what is on every show. A Jericho promo, a Cody promo, 
and now MJF promo. Yeah, yeah, and as long Which as Which is smart, because he could talk. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and as long as he's involved with this Cody feud, I think he's going to continue to get his, his mic time. But in this particular uh, promo, he announces that in order for... One of the stipulations for Cody to face him, he had to go through Wardlow first. And not just go through Wardlow, but he had to go through it in a cage. So I think that's interesting in many levels. One is the fact that we finally get to see the debut of Wardlow, which I've been excited for. Maybe not. What if Cody says, no, that's too daunting, I'd rather not face you then? That definitely sounds like Cody, and I'm sure that's going to happen this Wednesday. Anyway, (laughs) I'm excited for Wardlow. I've seen some things online. I've only seen clips. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I'm also curious about this cage. This is the first time we're seeing a cage match in AEW, so I'm, I'm curious as to what kind of a cage. Yo, you guys got the money. Buy a good cage. Like, I've seen cage matches in other companies, and it's like just a rink-a-dink fence. They look like they took it from a park and just put it around the ring. And it's like, come on. Yeah, I mean, so I'm not I'm not 100% sure, because here's the deal. is like, I know AEW, they got the money, they got yeah. the backing, whatever. But this show, it was a little bit off. Um, because of the way the seating was... It, it's like an amphitheater, I believe. It's it's like a music venue, yeah. uh, and people were complaining they couldn't see. You could even see the crowd with their heads up, like trying to, you mm-hmm. know, evolve into a fucking giraffe so they could see the match. So you know what? I can't put anything past AEW. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's obviously growing pains here. Dude, it, they, the sound was off. The production sound. I, we keep saying it every week, but it was really evident in this we, show. We, we've seen in the past where it looked like they took the cheap route. So, so I don't know. I'm hoping that the cage is justice, like it does it justice. But at the same time, I thought it was interesting because if you're putting a cage in the match, I would assume that MJF cannot be involved. You know what I mean? He's kind well, of excluding himself see, out of it. That depends because different companies have different cage match stipulations or different rules to a cage match. Where WWE, the only way you can win is escape the cage or pitfall of submission where I've seen in other companies where you could escape the cage, but that's not the end of the match. It has to be pitfall or submission. There's some uh, promotions where the cage door stays open. Yeah. So you're in a cage, but anything can happen. You could go out, get weapons. Like I think CZW does that for Cage of Death. So I want to see what the AEW cage match is. What's the rules to it? How do you win that match? And is there going to be a way for someone to come in? Well, that, 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 that's, that's what I was kind of leading into, is that it is interesting because this is the first time. And like you said... They could go many different routes with this, and it's not explained yet, so I'm really curious. I've been waiting for a cage match with AEW just for that simple fact. I think that the ladder match is really cool, and I think that the AEW ladders look different and awesome, so why not make the cages look different and awesome? If you ask me, I think it would be cool to have a different color cage also. Don't do the regular silver. You have gold ladders. Why not have a gold cage? Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. But, I mean, I think I think a gold cage might be pushing it. it that might be very difficult and to And I don't mean see. gold painted. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. 
damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I mean, gold cage. Once again, you're a billionaire. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to get that. 24-carat cage match. Uh, That's why I would call it, too, the 24-carat cage match. <laughs> I just don't know if if that would... I, I, I like the idea of being different, and that's cool, but it's still got to be viewable, and that's yeah. the thing. You want people to see the match. Like I said, at the, Live at the venue... and at home. Yeah, exactly. Is that You want people to see your product. So, you know, going a, a different color route may not be the best, but still, nonetheless, I'm just curious as to what the rules are. And yeah. also, on top of that, it's an interesting situation because you have Wardlow, his debut match. Against Cody. Against Cody. And do you want Wardlow to lose his debut match? You know, here's a big strong guy, you know. And on top of that, you know, you can't have Cody lose because then I guess that would end. I don't think he... Wait, was the stipulation you have to beat Wardlow in the cage or you have to face Wardlow in the cage? Because if Wardlow beats him, Cody might have still have committed to... Facing him in a cage, so he could. You know, go on I'm to the not next even step. sure. I didn't. I didn't. I gotta go back and that. see that because I don't. I don't know if it was. You have to beat Wardlow in a cage. Wardlow could win. MJF could beat him. MJF, could, I mean, could interfere and help Cody uh, lose. Lose, yeah. So, I don't know if you have to win that match. I don't know. I just know I was really intrigued, and I, I put it up on 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 the Instagram page. Uh, Want to hear people's feedback? Um, and I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Here's a guy that they've been building since All Out in. September. Yeah, I mean that's why I, I, I he finally debuts like a couple weeks ago, and we still have yet to see him. So there's going to be a lot to be expected by Wardlow. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I've been I've been expecting something from this guy. I've been waiting to see a match of his, and I'm just curious. Is like, do you have him lose? You know, in his first match, or I mean, they could be creative, and if he loses, you know, it could be in a way that he doesn't look weak. Yeah. You know, but I just feel like you gotta. You, you got to run with this guy. You know what I mean? He stands out from the rest of your roster. There's not many guys with size. Like, I put that on the stories last week when I asked, who would you trade from AEW to NXT? We both said Keith Lee because they need guys with size. Yes, they have, uh, I was going to say the Jurassic Park. Uh, the Luchasaurus from the Jurassic Express. Yes, you have a Wardlow. I mean... But Wardlow hasn't had yeah, the match until exactly. this upcoming week, you so. have, And then, on top of that, you have Jake Hager, who hasn't had a match, had a match either. either so. so, if one of these guys is going to debut, we're going to need a big dominant, like, not a giant, but a bigger yeah, guy. Yeah, a big guy, you know, a big Who looks like size. a giant compared to guys like Darby and Janela and... I mean, look. I mean, look at when we talk about even when Sean Spears goes against guys. Yeah, he looks like a giant. He looks huge. But he was a smaller guy in WWE. It, it, like, it's crazy. It, it is it's really crazy. crazy. But yeah, the list of demands were awesome. I really want to see like what he meant by you're going to have to take a strapping by me in front of your family. That brings me back to when the Sandman came, Tommy Dreamer, and it made uh, Tommy Dreamer a superstar and how like violent that was and kids were crying in the stands. <laughs> like, this could be a very emotional 
like segment if they go forth with him getting strapped in front of his family. You know, knowing Cody, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised just to just to get all like the sympathy and and to mm-hmm. stay like a top babyface. He gets like his ass whooped by MJF and and him whipping him, and it could yeah. be it could be really bad. And I mean, if if he done could, he well, could shed a tear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he oh, we cry. You know, we haven't seen that, so I mean, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this this whole thing could be really interesting, and it could really yeah. push Cody as well. I mean, even further. So yeah, and you know who's getting no sympathy. John Moxley, if he decides not to go with the uh, inner circle and he gets destroyed by them, because he had a chance to get a Ford GT, which is my dream car. Yeah, yeah, we have, to have a little car. model. <laughs> yeah, I have a model in the room. Like, all jokes aside, you know, I might put that on an Instagram story just to show, like, yeah, I have a Ford GT model. <laughs> like, not only that, but 49% of the inner circle. I, which, by the way, I love that. It was 49% yeah. so that Jericho still stays majority. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not 50 50, 49%. Now, I don't think anyone thinks that Moxley's going to join the inner circle. No, me neither. But you know what would be a crazy, crazy swerve is if he does join and like we said before, like tries to take them out with from within. Like like Randy Orton did with the uh with like the Wyatts. Wyatts like, yeah. It would be cool to see what that would bring. Like a Moxley and Jericho tag match versus like the Bucks or something. That would be awesome to see. Yeah, I mean for a little bit it would be intriguing and it definitely would he could be a huge swerve. It definitely would get, you know, Get news yeah, and attention. He, he could, you know, he could join and then break the fourth wall or drop little hints here and there, like act like he's a part of them and then look at the camera, like wink or something. Yeah. You know, something that John Moxley's known for. He does have that comedic aspect to him. So I yeah, can see yeah, it working yeah. really well, like him trying to infiltrate. Yeah, I, I just, I, I loved when he came out, you had the crowd rowdy and they, you know, screaming for him and. Mm-hmm. Then after the whole segment's done, and after Sammy you know offer makes the offer, yeah, and him not outright declining it, well, when he leads back into the crowd, <laughs> people are sitting down. It's much more quieter than the way he came in. Well, I think that's for two reasons. One, he's thinking about it. Yeah. But two, I think it's for the fact that that crowd wanted an answer right there. Yeah, yeah. And it, once again, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Jericho when he beat or when he fought uh, Jungle Boy. He did say you have until January 1st to give me an answer. Then all of a sudden January 1st comes and he says next week I want your answer. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So, Because I wrote that down also where I said, oh, Moxley has to January 1st to answer. Because that was from two weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. So that's now right, all of a sudden right. it, no answer? Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know but, if they're going to really make that a thing. No, they're know? not going to make that a thing. But I could see the crowd, like some people saying, hey, Moxley's going to give us our answer today. And then all of a sudden next week. And that could like take the wind out of you. Like, yeah, oh, man, yeah. I wanted to hear... Like, that's something I want to see, you know? Yeah, no, I know, I know. But you know what, though? I'm not mad at it. I like the suspense. I like dragging it, it out. I'm just trying to give a reason why the crowd but was But you know what, quiet. though? I, I want to go back that, you know, many, many weeks ago when it was that episode. I forgot what week it was, but with Moxley in the stands and and the inner circle in the ring. And we jumped and we were like, oh, they can't blow this off. You see, they're stretching mm-hmm. it out, right? And this it's is smart to this is what out. I'm saying. It's like, you know, sometimes we jump with two feet in. And AW has been doing a phenomenal job of stretching things out. Exactly, and that's why I think it would make a lot of sense as Moxley does join and does this whole yeah, without a doubt. Destro- because if you just say no, and I want a title shot in February at Revolution, it's going to be like mm, yeah. it's still a little too soon. If you ask me, if February they fight, even if you do the match in February, if you spend the next couple of weeks of building it more instead of just saying, "Hey, I'm the number one contender because I have the best record. You're the champion. We have to fight at the pay per view." That's a little too bland for me. Yeah. And 
the last thing I want is if the two like charismatic characters like Jericho and John Moxley have a bland story going to a main event. Yeah, I mean that's two of their top stars. Exactly. Two of their top stars. Uh, you know, Inner Circle is a huge part of the show. Uh, you know, Mox, like I said, is 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 a huge star and he's a huge, you know, baby face. So I would expect something big for this one. And knowing Jericho's mindset and his input, you know, he we, he's he's making it very known how much of input he puts into the show. I got to believe that this is going to be big. You know, and Mox as well, he's another guy that likes to go big. Yeah. So I think everybody understands the magnitude of these two facing off. And I think it's going to be very interesting. But the story leading up to it, I like it. I like where they're going. I think this is going to get deeper. Like you said, I, I could yeah. see Mox <clears throat> definitely joining but as infiltration, though. Yeah, as do I. I really think that would be interesting. This was a great episode for AEW. It really picked up from what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It was slowly getting better, but this was significantly better than like all of December, if you ask me. This was a really good show. The ratings was well, but then again, NXT didn't have a proper show on. Yeah. But yeah. I just want to see like, if they could keep that audience because, once again, you had really good ratings for a really good show. So does that crowd say, hey, I'm intrigued next week and I'm going to watch this? We'll see. But I'm really proud of the effort that AEW gave. Yeah, so am I. So am I. So real quickly, let's jump into the uh, NXT. I want to cover the NXT awards a little bit. I want to know your thoughts and opinions on some things. All right, cool. Let's get into it. So on this award show, it was very obvious the star power of Adam Cole. Yeah. The whole crowd was going crazy. <laughs> 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 I took me. So I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> okay. Well, well, he had. What was it? I think four? I think he won four. I think it was four. Uh, three or four? Yeah. Three, yeah, he won because he won the uh, male competitor. He won the overall competitor. He won the the rivalry and match of the year. And then match of yeah, the year. So yeah, yeah, four. So four. Not just that, but then you also had Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly win tag team. Mm-hmm. Um. And just the imagery of the whole Undisputed Era coming out, you know, after after uh, after Cole won, the, like I think it was either his third or fourth, it was just getting ridiculous with the yeah. award, with the awards and and the titles, all like, the titles, was a, whole, a lot and, of gold. You want to talk yeah. about dripping? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you know they played it up, which I loved. So I posted on the Instagram. Do you think they are the most dominant faction in pro wrestling today? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think Inner Circle's still new, and they're going to probably have a lot more growing to do, but the Undisputed Error is established. They're the ones really, I guess, spearheading NXT into this top brand, not a developmental... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. And if you look at what they've done, it's very reminiscent of the Four Horsemen. They have all the gold. They're in all the major storylines and they hold their own. It's not like, oh, we're getting force-fed undisputed error. No, they rightfully so deserve the spots that they're in. No, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, I think they're four absolute amazing wrestlers. I enjoy each and every one of their matches. I'm never disappointed. Uh, everything that you just said, I completely agree. And when I wrote that, and when, when it was put up on, on the Instagram page, uh, you know, I was fully behind it, but I was starting to think a little bit. Uh, Out right now, you have somebody who's better than the Undisputed Era? Well, sort of. Well, think about it. The Elite. The elite had a whole company, wrestling company, built after them. Yeah. So that's like I, that's what they then, I mean, Right then, now, they're not the hottest, maybe. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, they did have a whole wrestling company kind of built around them. Yeah. So, but, but I, it's because it's their company. No, but it's prior to what they've done. Yeah, they I were mean, so I understand dominant. What you're saying, they were so dominant yeah. that they had a wrestling company kind of built off of them. Yeah. Let's be honest, okay? It wasn't because of. You know, just oh, Cody by himself, or it wasn't because just Omega and you know Tony comes along and says, "Hey, I want to get you," no, guys. Yeah. or I want to, or because of Pac, or because you know, my, no, no, it was because the whole thing started from the the but elite. As a collective faction, the elite is not touching undisputed era right now because you're talking about today. Who's the most dominant today? The Young Bucks, Omega, Cody. They're all doing their own thing. They're not a collective unit. Yeah. Maybe they got together in certain segments or, hey, if you're getting jumped, we'll come out to defend you. But it's not a collective unit. Undisputed Era moves as a team. They move as a unit. And that's what I think makes them more dominant than the Elite. You know, that that's a really good answer. Uh, I feel like with Omega and the Young Bucks, you see more collaboration with them. Cody kind of has his own thing going on. And yeah. usually the help comes from the Elite when he needs it. And even up until... All right, we just saw Omega and the Young Bucks, but we haven't seen that in a while. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. just Omega and doing ha- things it was and Ome- Hangman. It was all Omega and Hangman. Yeah, and then the Bucks in their feud. Yeah. And then, like I said, and you said, Cody and his feud. So yeah. it wasn't really now, the don't, elite. Don't get me wrong. I think as one, if you're talking about active and in the ring and just... Yeah, I agree that, that Undisputed Error is definitely dominant. But it just made me think. I was like, well, wait a minute, though. I mean, yeah. you know, the elite... Maybe they're not on the top of their game right now, but at the same time... Maybe the Elite's not a faction. They're a promotion. I, I, well, now yeah. at this point. So, I don't know. It was an interesting yeah. topic. It like was a I very said, interesting topic, and it's a very interesting to... take to think that. But I do stick to Undisputed Era is the most dominant. Uh, another thing that, that I wanted to bring up was Future Star. 
Future Star, they gave it to Dakota Kai. And Very interesting. Don't get me wrong. I I, I, I like Dakota Kai. I like That's where she's why. going. I think... Sky's the limit. I think Dakota Kai has a lot going for her. I just think that she needs to take a couple of steps to get there. I think there's a lot of promise. But I thought there might be some better... Some better options there. Yeah. I don't think all the options were shown. I think for Future Star... Well... Alright, maybe all the options were shown, but you know what? I think that if you're going to include men and women, how do you not give that to Swerve Scott? He is a star of the future. I think that he had a better outing. Dakota Kai, that she went heel. She went heel. Yeah, it was shocking. But since then, she's been getting her butt kicked every week by Mia Yim. So, what are you doing that's so, oh my god, you're the future. Nothing about that heel turn so far says, yo, she's the future of that division. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's the only thing. And I really like the heel turn. I like the new attitude, but nothing about it right now is screaming future to me. Yeah, I agree with you on that standpoint as well. I feel like with this heel turn, I think it was cool and it kind of gave her that edge, uh, something that she could run with. But at the same time, they haven't been doing it justice, I think. Yeah. Uh, or at least in from Dakota Kai's standpoint, she hasn't had... Big victories. Not only that, but she's getting decisively destroyed out there by Mia Yim tossing her around. Like, you can't have an edge if yeah. everyone could just beat you down. Yeah. Like, what makes you a top heel if everyone could just beat you? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, you see, what I would have liked to see was her picking people off one by one. Yeah. Almost like the way she did with uh, Tegan Knox. So if she would have attacked uh, Mia Yim in the back, you know, like hospitalized... One of those type of scenarios, you know what I mean? And I would like to see that being advanced instead yeah. of what we've been getting. And like you said, you know, when she's in the ring, you know, she's not looking that strong. Yeah, that's something that it's all of WWE, the inconsistencies. And that's something I really don't like where, hey, I'll get destroyed and I'll get beat every week. But I'll come out and act like I'm like the baddest person in the room. And it's like, yeah. but yeah. you're not. You literally got beat every week. Now, in, in all fairness, uh, like I said, my pick was also Swerve Scott. And he hasn't had many victories, um, but I do believe he has more of a future. Yeah. Uh, I think he has a character that's more of him mm -hmm. that he already is kind of relishing in. I think it's going to expand, but I love what he does in the ring. He's like must-see TV. Yeah. I mean, in, a, in an era where people are doing crazy stuff, I think he takes it up a notch, almost like Ricochet. You know what I mean? I'm Where a, Yeah, I'm going to put this out here right now. I'm going to make a prediction, just like I did for Marty during AEW, but I think this is more likely to happen. I think that at some point this year, Swerve Scott beats Roderick Strong for the North American Championship. Oh, very interesting. You know, it's funny because that's one I was thinking about. When he faced off against Roddy, he took the L in that one. Yeah. But it still but, was a really good match. I mean, yeah. I, and you would expect that. You know, Roddy, you know my feelings on Roddy. But uh, I would like to see a rematch, and I would like to see exactly what you said. Because I think... That would be a great step to take yeah. with him. I think him winning that the North American title, and I know him and Roddy would put on another great match if you give it more time. I would love to see that. But yeah, I think Swerve Scott has a little bit more breakout potential than Dakota Kai. I, I totally agree. One thing I did like was Shayna Baszler winning woman, uh, female competitor of the year because let's not forget, yeah, she just lost the title, but let's not forget the year that she had. It was a dominant Yeah, extremely year. dominant. So extremely dominant. I like that they actually acknowledged that and didn't say, hey, Rhea Ripley's a hot person right now. Let's just go with Rhea Ripley. Yeah, you know I mean, mean, I will say this. For, for most of their awards, I sort of agree. I think yeah. they did they did it justice. You know, I think uh, Adam Cole and Unspeed Era deserve to mm -hmm. 
take home all those all that hardware yeah. um all the bells yeah bells. uh keith lee I, I i think he deserved that one as well yeah keith lee definitely like from, you said uh, from the Shana. time that they went on tv until now keith lee definitely broke out and i don't yeah. think it was on purpose I think yeah and the, and the rivalry upon a great star in the making here yeah yeah exa- exactly exactly yeah and like you were about to say gargano and cold i mean how could you deny on. that yeah one. that match was phenomenal so yeah i mean i think they did a great job they did a great job with 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 their picks of the winners, I couldn't. I couldn't get upset about anyone. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about this show was the way that it was like. I guess the visual of the show. Yeah. One thing I to explain the joke that I made in the beginning of our review of this show. They were in an empty Full Sail University, and every time someone won the award, they came out from the locker room. If you're having like an award show, or if you're going to have nobody there. Why is there people in the locker room? Like, you should have everybody in the stands and when someone wins an award, like, make them get up. Like, have the heel versus the face and let them taunt them a little bit. Have, like, when the heel wins, like, the faces in the crowd boo or something. But make it a little bit more realistic than everybody's backstage and they come out, cut a promo to nobody. Yeah, I was I was sort of hoping that they would do something similar to, uh, like, the... Uh... The original Slammies? Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. It wasn't like a raw with awards where it was like an actual award show. Yes. They were at like a banquet and they would come out like they would be in the crowd or sitting at a table. They would come up to the stage to get their award. Yeah, and, and I found it weird because Keith Lee accepted his his award in the back with Triple H. He was the only one, and so that was a little. That bit tells weird. me that that was taped probably at like that Brooklyn show for the Christmas thing. It was taped probably before they gave everyone else their awards. Maybe Keith Lee couldn't make it for some reason. Yeah, so. Yeah. I don't know. It just—it was just a little bit it was weird. A little and, and like you said, I definitely would have had a different venue, or even even if so, like, not, not I, even different venue. Just have them in the crowd. Have them sitting in the seats. There's nobody there. Well, that's true too. Yeah, they could have done it. They could have did it in the crowd. Cutting a promo in an empty arena. Yeah, the visuals of that just—it just, it just yeah, didn't look just great. Weird. And then I just thought it was weird that they would show them walk off back into the, the locker room. Like I was like, yeah. you guys should just cut back to the the, the panel of yeah, last McAfee time I, and uh, this yeah, guy. Yeah, and last time I checked, when you raise a bell or raise an award, you don't do it for the people at home. You do it to get the cheers or the booze from the yeah, crowd. It was and they're just... they're raising for an empty arena. Like that's what they're used to, and it's, it's like just watching, weird. <laughs> if you watch one of those old school like Terry Funk versus Jerry Lawler empty arena matches, they weren't playing to a crowd of nobody. Yeah. Like they made it look like it was a fight because there's nobody here. Here, it was like, there's nobody here, but we're going to act like there's people here. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to cut a promo for the people at home. And it just looked kind of awkward to me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, still, once again, I do agree with all the awards. So, let's jump into it. NXT. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Thoughts and opinions overall, year. Yeah, well, I'm going to just say this right now. We're going to strictly talk about from when they debuted on USA in September to the end of the year. We're not going to go all the way back to January because they're are portions of that that we didn't see it was strictly on the wwe network we really dived into nxt when they came to the usa network so we're going to talk about that i think nxt started out strong with the first show on usa then when aew debuted they kind of slowed down a little bit but then they really hit their stride towards like i'd say early november to the end of the year and nxt right now is like firing on all cylinders and they're doing what they do and they're doing it to the best of their ability yeah, so going into this, it was a little interesting because um, they have been on such a stride. And, I mean, lately, I there's been very little for me to complain about, I, I, I suppose. Because uh, they've, they've been doing everything pretty good. But I was thinking about it a little bit deeper. And I think this year, this upcoming year is going to be interesting for them. Outside of the whole AEW thing... They're still fighting to be looked at as an equal with Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, so they're like in a war with themselves and a war with AEW. Yeah, that's what I, I was looking at. It. I, I was looking at it in that perspective that they're going against AEW, but at the same time, they're still fighting for that respect of being looked at as an equal to the rest of the company and the, the rest of the brands and shows and etc. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, Survivor Series, we all know they they beat Raw and SmackDown for brand supremacy. They had more victories, but in my opinion, and from what I see online, it looks like the talk of the wrestling community is oh, WWE is trying to push the agenda that NXT is equal, so it was kind of force-fed. So, I don't know That's what I said. I said they gave them the rub like you would. Exactly. So, I don't know if that was an organic, we're on top like you guys, or if Mm. it was a hey guys, come on, they're here, come on, give them acceptance. And it just seemed kind of forced. But, I mean, if I was booking it, I would have NXT go out on top too. NXT is the best WWE-produced show. It was for the years that it was on the network, and it is now on the USA Network. Yeah, uh, I don't, I'm not going to jump too much into the whole Survivor Series, but, yeah, I, I think you're right. that I would have done, done the same thing. I would have had them win the, the show... You know, yeah. have win more of the matches just like they did, um, because they are, in my opinion, they are the probably the the better show, well rounded. I, I think. I think yeah. from each each show, Raw and SmackDown. Yes, you have your highlights and you have you know great matches, but then there's also times where you have your lowlights. Where yeah, and then if you want to talk about the impact of NXT, let's look at what was the best SmackDown of this year. It was when NXT invaded. Mm. What was one of the most talked about storylines on Raw besides the whole Lana Rusev thing? It's when NXT invaded and having Adam Cole beat Seth Rollins, having Adam Cole beat Daniel Bryan. The impact of NXT this year was massive. Not only do they get on TV, but they're on other shows and they're looking very dominant. 
Yeah. I think where where people kind of like take a step back and start not believing it is the perception of, oh, wow, NXT's on SmackDown. Wow, they're dominant. These are cool characters. Let me tune in. What's this dark little dingy place? And why is this so small? And why, okay. you know, so we're going to go back to what we were saying all year. The perception of NXT being smaller than Raw and SmackDown is why people don't give NXT the same chance that they give Raw and SmackDown. Okay, that's really interesting because I actually wanted to, to bring something up. And you mentioned it. Being dark, right? I was seeing some of the old pictures when they had the white ring. Or it was like gray or some shit It like makes that. a difference. It's, it's does basically make a the difference. same mat that they use on Raw and SmackDown. Basically. And it, it does make, like, aesthetically it looks different. And it does make a little bit of a difference. You see a little bit more brightness. It looks yeah. a little bit bigger. It yeah. just makes that, that little minor, that little minor adjustment can make a big deal. I was going to say that too. The perception of black makes the ring look smaller. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's the same thing with Ring of Honor. Not to keep on going back to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor just recently changed their mat to white. Because, yeah, I remember when they had the black. Yeah, it was forever. black and it, everything just looked so dark. Even though they had good lighting, when you have lights shining onto black, you're not going to well, you're not going to see how bright that light is. It's like if it I, absorbs the black yeah. absorbs the absorbs the light where yeah. the white is going to kind of reflect a reflect little bit. It, exactly. So I think that if you stayed in full sail which they are going to be doing until March. I believe they have a contract with Full Sail to run TV there every week. If you stay in Full Sail and you change the ring to white, just something as simple as that could make a world of a difference. But then again, I don't want to change anything about NXT. That looks like yellow raw then. You know what I mean? I like the different the differences. I like that they have a black ring. Maybe they just need more light in the venue because if you're just shining the light on the ring and it's black and it's absorbing then maybe put yellow lights outside of the, the thing instead of well, making all black in the crowd also no here's the deal I, I don't know I, I think if it, I'm not gonna go too much on, on a ring mat but I will say this is that I don't think just because you use a white apron that now becomes a yellow raw I mean there's a lot more differences no, than I just the that, ring but I'm talking about like if you want to be different. You want to look different. You want to feel different. And but it look, is different. Yeah. I mean, wh- I mean, look at, look at, look at. When you look into full sale, that is a small place compared to the arenas, and never mind the stadiums when they're doing uh, uh, pay per views. Yeah. So it is already different. On top of that, their roster looks completely different. I, I totally agree. Because we just mentioned Sean Spears, you know, who was a former NXT yeah. guy. He looks huge on on AEW. If he went back to NXT, he would still look huge because yeah. those guys are not that big. Yeah, they have more bigger guys. But let's get real. It's probably about a handful of big guys. Yeah. You know, for the majority of that roster, they're smaller, they're smaller guys. guys but There's that, not that's many guys that are cracking general, six. You know? They're cracking six feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just right off the bat, it looks different. I'm just saying that I just think that it just needs to look a little bit more vibrant. It just needs to look a little bit colorful. I think that and that's ju- why they're think, black is because they want to be the underground, the, the the dark, the heavy metal of WWE. And you know and, what? And that's dope. And especially yeah. somebody who's a huge, you know, heavy metal fan, I fucking love because it. Because Raw and SmackDown is vibrant. It's LED. It's bright. It's in your face. Where this is dark. This is like old school. This is independent. And this I understand is, that this this was supposed to be a, a a complete counter from an alternative. Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be a complete alternative to to Raw and to SmackDown. And you know, I think it has been. And I think it is. But I think by you changing, you know, the ring apron, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And it's something you're going back to. You yeah. know what I mean? So I just think, for me personally, I think viewing it, it would look better if there was a white white ring. That's all I, that's all all I right, have to but, say. All right. Let's put it like this, though. The black ring looked pretty cool in Brooklyn. 
every time they tell you, they do a takeover, it looks pretty cool. So what if it's just the venue? You keep your black ring, but the venue lights are a lot better when you have an arena and not no. But that little... you can't compare that full sale. You can't compare that no, to, to saying, the bar. I'm saying if they decide to once their contract with full sale is up to start touring, well then that's what if the story. venues they keep the black ring but change the venue lighting? It might make if a the difference. venue if the venue change because what like like you said at the Barclays it doesn't bother me because yeah. it's a lot bigger, but. I'd rather change the ring than change the environment because I think that environment is is a whole purpose. You wanted something smaller. We're yeah. not looking to go into big arenas. No, I, I understand that, but I do think that they are going to keep growing. If and they you do, want to grow. If they do, yeah, and and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But you're right. If they do and they go to bigger arenas, then yeah, yeah okay, maybe if, we could stick with. If the I ring. if I have the the hype and the crowd that wants to come to the show and I'm turning them away because the arena's too small, then we got to grow. No, you know of course, I mean? yeah. of course, of course. I completely agree. But know? they're not there yet. No, no, they're not there yet. But I'm just saying, if they get to that point, I could see using the black ring if you're going to move out. But if you're staying in full sale, use the white because it's a smaller place. So you want to maximize and, yeah. and be able to see. It's already small. Let's not make it look smaller yeah. by having a black ring. I remember when I showed you the white thing, we both said, like, look how much better and brighter it is, and that's full sale. It's not like they're in a different venue here. Now, I want to get off this ring thing because I think we went way too far for a ring apron. I have something else to bring up. And how long do you think NXT can go on with this format of wrestling match, wrestling match, wrestling match, and very little promos? I don't think they could go on for too, too long. Me neither. And... That's, once again, on the story, I said that... Well, you said MJF. I said Jericho. They need people... Let's remind people a little. Oh, all right, well, yeah. On the story, I basically said, who would you trade to AEW from NXT and vice versa? And you said you would trade MJF to NXT. NXT. I said I'll, J- I'll trade Chris Jericho to NXT. And we both had for the reason that they could cut a promo. Also, they... I also said Jericho because they need the star power. You have on it. That's what works for AEW. You have these young guys, but they're becoming superstars because of the star power, like putting them over. NXT don't really have that. You have stars who are being made in NXT, but no one to solidify those stars. That's why when they were wrestling the guys on Raw and SmackDown, it was like, oh my god, he beat Daniel Bryan. We don't yeah. got that on a weekly basis on NXT like we do on AEW, where a Jungle Boy could go over on a Chris Jericho, and be like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no yeah, shocking. Yeah. That was an upset in NXT. But yeah, back to what you said. We both agree that they need people who could cut a promo and a believable promo. Because you have people yeah. who could cut a promo, but, but you also have people who sounds like they practice that promo all week to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. But it's not even just promos, if you ask me. I really think that it's more of storylines. I think that they need to continue doing edgy stuff. Like, we've seen a clip of... Adam Cole going to Johnny Gargano's yeah, dad's house. That, I, I mean, not his house, his pizzeria and putting his picture on the wall. Like, that's it was, edgy. It was you're simple. In, it yeah, was you're simple. involving family. Yeah. Just like they tried to do with Angel Garza going in front of Leo Rush's uh, wife's face. Like, stuff like that. We need something that's more edgy and more dramatic because just, I want to fight you because I'm the best and you think you're the best and we're going to settle in the ring. That's not good enough. Or, you're big and I'm big. Who's the biggest? You know, that's not good enough. And I know that NXT does have the format that they tell more stories in the ring, but you could tell more stories in the ring and also tell stories outside of the ring. Yeah, I was going to say that I feel like they do, at some point, they need to branch off their format and do incorporate more promos, more vignettes, more of an actual story if they want to be looked at as an equal with SmackDown and, and Raw. And never mind, you know, their rivals with AEW. Because they're doing it very well. Exactly. And that's why I said in the past, and you say, oh, we're doing a wrestling podcast. Look, wrestling does not sell to the casual fans. It's the storylines, it's the characters that sell to the casual fans. The best wrestling companies in the world are based off storylines and characters and not in-ring competition. You see, as the industry goes more towards in-ring competition, the casual fans and the big fan base that it had in the 90s is going away because they... Don't care about just guy A versus guy B because they could do flips and they wrestle really hard. You know what I mean? So the wrestling industry at its peak was filled of over-the-top colorful characters and dramatic storylines that were just like mind-blowing that this would happen. That's what I think NXT could bring back because they have the believability with the wrestlers, but can we have the believability with the stories? I think that's, that's really interesting that you bring this up because I was going to ask sort of, where do you see the company going throughout the year? And now that we, we bring this up, I know I mentioned to you that AEW has more characters, right? And they have much more colorful characters. And as we're seeing in, through the, well, since the time of the start of this war, right? September, right? Between head to head, AEW has won a majority of the weeks in, in the ratings, right? And in our opinions, I don't think it's because of the, the wrestling. I think no. their better wrestling is on NXT, yeah. but AEW is continuing to beat them in the ratings, a majority. I think yeah, NXT has only won three weeks, I think, if I'm not mistaken, a head-to-head, I, I, I believe. Yeah, and if you look at the demographics and you really want to break this down to a psychology level, it's they're beating NXT in the, four, not 14, from the, uh, was it, 18 to 49 male demographic. I highly doubt that the older you get, you get so enamored with flips. That's little kid stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, look what he could do. Yeah. That's why, like, if you want to, like, be frank, that's why I was a fan of Shawn Michaels. Like, oh my God, look at all the things he's doing. Yeah. But as I grew older, it was like, oh, I'm a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's this rebel, you know? That's what I think AEW has. They have the fan base that wants to see, oh, that cool character instead of 
oh my god, look at that flip, or he could do a four fifty plancha. You know? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is that you're you're entertained by the matches, but you're invested with the characters. Exactly. And that's the only thing I feel NXT lacks is giving us enough segments, promos, vignettes to get invested into these individual characters or even building characters. Because yeah. now also, if you understand, NXT is more of guys just kind of being themselves and women just being themselves. You know, we're getting more names than characters than back in the day, right? They want to really push a reality base. So now you have, you know, Adam Cole, which is a real type of name. It's not his real name, but I'm just saying. Roderick Strong, a real type of name, you know. A Keith Lee, a real... Where, you know, you got no more of, you know, demolition and, yeah. you know, the, uh, these character but, cult see, names. See, that's where I think it's half pregnant. Because if you want to be reality, if you want to push a reality base, that's when you get the most dramatic. Because I could look at something and see it as reality and say, whoa, that's real. He really feels that way. Oh, whoa, that really happened. Say, all right, someone's feuding with Tommaso Ciampa. Let's talk about that. Ciampa thought he'd never see his daughter again because he's going through a neck surgery and was scared that he wasn't going to make it out of it. Bring that into a storyline. It's reality-based. It's edgy. But it's not, oh, it's so cartoony. Oh, I'm going to kill yeah. you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that would... If someone said that in a promo, it'd be like, whoa, that's pushing it. That's far. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be, like, sex and... What the, the attitude error was. was yeah, but yeah. it could be reality and edgy. Well, that's why, uh, before we did this podcast, I was telling you, I could see... I could foresee wrestling being popular again again yeah. i don't know if it could ever be what the attitude era was but i could i could definitely see with the right mentality and i mean a lot of things going right it can it could be that again it could be somewhere close and yeah. i just think that people need to just adjust a little bit and uh find a way to make what worked in the 90s to work today and i definitely yeah. think it could be done one thing i like um with AEW is that they're starting to push a little bit of their stories onto social media. And, and they're also pushing reality. Yeah, and it's funny because in the last podcast I was saying that there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. But I do like the connect if you are keeping it kayfabe on social media. And one thing I was thinking about is something that broke. I don't want to go on to AEW, but um, Penelope Ford and and, uh, and Joey, yeah. uh, Joey Janela and that feud and that whole thing is going on online, um, which I think is awesome. I would like to see something like that more with NXT uh, because I do feel they're more believable in yeah. reality because of the lack of characters. And let's talk about this. NXT stemmed from the WWE Network. The WWE Network is constantly putting up new, uh, new, I guess, not segments, but I guess videos. They have these things called the Chronicles where they actually go deep into the wrestlers' lives and chronicle their journey there. They have a whole thing on... Tommaso Ciampa going through surgery. They want to like give you reality, but then they don't want to talk about it on the show. So if I go on the WWE Network, I'll get all these guys' true stories, how they really feel, and how they really feel about certain people. But once it's showtime, we're not going to talk about any of that. That, to me, is a disconnect. Yeah. Because NXT came from the network. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I was thinking about it. You know, when NXT started, obviously, there was no idea of an AEW. So NXT was supposed to be specifically that subsector, you know, an alternative. But now we have AEW. Now they're on 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 the network, and they're losing in the ratings. I I gotta I gotta predict that there's going to be change at some point throughout the year. So I don't know if they're gonna move out of full sale. You said their contracts up in March. That can be an option. But I would like to see what you just said change in 
the format in the program. And I don't think that they need the colorful characters like the 90s. You don't need an Undertaker. You don't need a Doink the Clown. But with the characters that you do have, just create reality-like story-based yeah, look at uh, what, stories. I mean, like you said, we don't want to go on with AEW. This is our free thoughts on NXT. But one thing that keeps on popping into my mind is look at how Jericho and Moxley keep on bringing up that they're friends, and Jericho is the reason why Moxley's here. That's true. So them talking about that on TV, you could say, "Oh yeah, that really happened." Instead of saying, uh, "No, nah, that sounds kind of fake." You know what I mean? Yeah. You could constantly see the holes in a story that is fake, but you can't make holes in a true story. And I think that's what would make NXT Mm. completely different is if you go towards a strictly reality-based wrestling. That also means these guys need to talk from the heart. You can't have them practicing promos. You can't have them giving, like, talking with scripts in their hands. You have to have them talking their true feelings. But overall, like we said, NXT has been really good and we've been enjoying it. I just want to see them, I guess, upgrade a little bit. I want to see where they take it in 2020. So with that said, let's give our awards. All right. I like it. Just I like enjoyed did, it last week yeah, with the AEW. Yeah, just like we did with AEW. Yeah. So first, male competitor of the year. Well, you know, I'm going to have to go with, the, with, with WWE and NXT. I mean, Adam Cole, it's hard to deny. He had such a, a big year. And then even just... But you know what, though? Here's the deal. Is that, yeah, he had a big year. And yes, he's still champion and puts on phenomenal performances. But I will say a close second, I think, since the time we're covering it. From September, I believe, was when they first debuted on the on USA. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, The Battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. I've been seeing Keith Lee grow and grow and grow, and I think he's a close second Really, on their shows. My answer is going to be Tommaso Ciampa. We started out the year with him debuting on Raw, and we thought he wasn't going to be in NXT to him holding the title. But 
if you want to talk about strictly when they started on USA, he recovered early from a neck surgery where he was told he would never wrestle again. It's been constantly in all these top storylines, constantly he's performing to like top notch ability when we thought he would never wrestle again. He's doing crazy moves off of the War Games match. Yeah. I think Tommaso Ciampa really showed us all something. He was his recovery was brave and inspiring and he's in there busting his butt, putting on hell of a performance every single time he's in the ring. Can't disagree with that. Female wrestler of the year. Now again, we're going from September. September. So it is a little different from the NXT awards where they went full year. Oof, man, that's a that's a tough one from September. Uh, I'm gonna give mine. Sure. Mine is Bianca Belair. Okay. She, ever since we've seen her on TV, she was, if you remember, she was in the first match on USA. It was a four way. Her, EO, yes, Mia Yim, and somebody else. Uh, Candace, Candace, Candace LeRae. Candace LeRae, yeah. And Bianca was, in my opinion the MVP of that match and every match that she's been in, I always say to myself, yeah, this girl's a star. This girl's going to be special. And I think she's only 22 years old. The yeah, super upside young. is 23, insane. Like so I think that right now she's the female competitor of the year. I don't think we've seen enough of Shayna. We've seen maybe like three yeah. or four matches of Shayna. Ray Ripley, I think really got her stride towards the ending here. But overall from September to December, Bianca Belair has been consistent. And I, I want to give a shout-out to Io Shirai because she's a very close second. Yeah, so that's mine. I, I'm going to go with Io Shirai uh, just because every time I just feel like she puts on amazing matches, uh, her, her skill set is getting better. Uh, I mean, not even better, but I just like I said I, on a previous podcast, like I just feel her confidence is just ridiculous right now. Uh, she's got that look almost like Ray Phoenix where I feel like, like she owns that ring. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she... Has a big moment, big spot, NXT War Games when she uh, did that moonsault off of the uh, the cage. Yeah, and her moonsault. Looks yeah, her awesome. moonsault. It's, it's a lot different. It is different. Like we said in the past, she cuts the angle. She just goes right to the dive. Yeah, uh, I think Rhea Ripley had a had a big year. She had a big breakout, especially towards the ending. She wins the title. That was huge. Um. So I would have to go with probably Ripley by results. But I think in-ring with Io Shirai. Now, Bianca Belair, I think, would be my breakout. With Belair, I just see a, uh, a young talent that's getting better. I think mm-hmm. she's growing as also into her character. And she has this unsuspecting strength. Yeah. Uh, she is very strong. And I think that she has a lot of potential as well. A lot of things you could build off of. Uh, one thing I would just would like to see from her is her promo skills. I, I would like to see her harness her promo skills and, and develop that. But in ring, I think she has it all to to be a, a huge star. I'm going to disagree with the promo skills just for the fact that she sounds like she's still talking in the street. Like, that is reality-based. If we talk about you want to be reality-based and be who you are, that sounds like she's just it, being who she is. Yeah, but it's just... It, it, I just feel like there's a, a certain confidence or a cadence to when she talks that... Just needs to be fine tuned a bit or harnessed a little bit. I don't mind. I like the way I like her being her. Don't get me wrong, because I'm tired of everybody being generic or yeah. what what people tell you to be, you know, and give you a script. 
I like people just being them. But with her, I just want to see a little bit more confidence. And, you know, it's just, a little, I don't know. I feel like it was a little fast when she talks. Yeah. I like to see her just slow it down, be more confident, and make your point across. All right, cool. Tag team of the year. I think this one's easy. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be Fish and O'Reilly for me. Yeah, same here. And for all the reasons that we said before. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Breakout star of the year. Are you going to go with Swerve Scott? You said that would be your future star. For for the guys? Yeah. Well, future star, but breakout star. All right, star, let's breakout star. Breakout star, I have to go with, with WWE. I thought Keith Lee, I thought that was a good pick. Uh, he's definitely on the rise. That guy is going to be a superstar. I think Keith If he's Lee, not already. I think Keith Lee is an amazing choice. I go with Keith Lee as well. I do think that Matt Riddle had a pretty good year, especially towards the end. Uh, his feuds with um, his feuds with Cole were really good. His feud with uh, I was about to say Prince Devitt, but Prince Valor, Prince Valor, yeah, yeah, was intriguing. I do think he needs to fix it up in the ring. He his kicks are not so believable, and here's oh, a guy who could oh, really be believable. Oh, that bothers me every single but, time. But yeah, we gotta give credit to. Matt Riddle, he definitely had a breakout. But, yeah, I'm going with Keith Lee as well. Also, you know what? I want to go... I want to give some credit also to Dijakovic, just for the fact that Dijakovic was, I guess, like... No one was talking about Dijakovic. Yeah. His matches with Keith Lee are what make Keith Lee look like a star as well. And you got to give some credit to Dijakovic for being in that match also. He broke out this year too. Uh, I think for the future, somebody to look out for as well, Damian Priest. That's a good choice also. I could definitely see Damian Priest being a star. He's got the size. He's got the body. He's got the, the athletic ability. He puts on good matches. Uh, I haven't seen him in a bad match yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I would like to see more of the character. I like his entrance. I think it's I think it's dope. I think he has a lot of good things going for him. Uh, so he's somebody to, to look out for this upcoming year. Yeah, someone to also look out for is Jordan Miles. No, I'm just <laughs> I was going to say, uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last but not least, match of the year. And I guess match of the year from September. September so, since the time they've been on. Yeah, so uh, we're not going to say Gargano versus Cole. Wow, that, that's a tough one. I got to really think about that one. Mine, mine is a toss-up between the men's War Games match because that match was absolutely insane. We had surprises. We had uh, KO in it. We had that crazy, crazy uh, air raid crash from the top of the cage from uh I, Yeah, I wanted to say Ciampa that. I was going to say that one, but I was trying to think a little bit more outside the box. I'm going to tell you really outside the box. I think, and this is, people going to be like, what? Leo Rush versus Angel Garza Ooh, 2. the second one. That, not, I don't think anything since their TV debut had more intensity and seemed like a real fight, but still kept it together where it wasn't sloppy than that match. Oof, man. You know what? I'd have to agree with that one. I I forgot about that, but yeah, I mean, that was a couple of weeks ago, and that was phenomenal. And like I said, I, there, was, there was a lot of spots in that match, so it was rehearsed. But you know what, though? I don't give a fuck. It was a but phenomenal match. it looked match. like a fight. It was they, gritty. They started it out. It was it, gritty. It was gritty. It looked like a fight. It told a story. You had so many great... I mean, the chemistry was phenomenal. Yeah, and you know what? Something that was special about that match was their first match we cracked all over because it was everything that oh, this match oh, was yeah, in. yeah. So, we... I really kind of cringed when I heard that they were rematching. I was like, oh, and I like both guys, so I didn't really care for a rematch because the first match kind of sucked, but I was going to give it a chance, and they blew me away. I, I, I didn't feel that way. I, 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 was, I was very disappointed with the first one. 
But when I heard that the second one was announced, I figured it was going to be better. I thought it had to be better because I, I thought with their first match, the ideas were there. It just wasn't executed correctly. But in the second one, we saw a whole different type of match and everything was executed, I think, brilliantly. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I guess you could say that I, I sort of suspect it would be better. I just didn't think it was going to be the match that we got though. Yeah. And they, I feel like they blew me away. And I like that, you know, the title change, which is always fun at the end of the match, you know, Angel Garza wins and we kind of see, uh, a star who's also breaking out. Yeah. Um, he's another one I, I, I always forget about, but you know, yeah, he's the cruiserweight, uh, champion now. He has a good character. He's, you know, really good in the ring, solid, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, it's hard to disagree with that one. The the War Games match was phenomenal. It definitely had its big moments. Yeah. I thought that was dope. But if you if you want to go away from the mainstream, what you just said, Garza versus Leo Rush, I think is the pick. Yeah, when you, like, put everything together, that match stands out. So, yeah, it was a great year for NXT. I'm so excited to see where NXT and AEW goes going forward in 2020. And that brings us to this upcoming week. We're going to start a new schedule. We're dropping on Friday. We're yeah, going guys. to it's back to business as usual. AEW, NXT both have regular shows. Oh. We're going to be discussing everything from those shows, the ratings, yes. everything. So yeah, back to regular schedule programming this Friday and going forward. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. Thank you very much. I hope everyone had a very happy new year, and we are going to see you next week. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.